took my lad to Leeds. Thursday morning and oh my word, it's like the last 24 hours, everybody's getting really kind of tetchy, there's all kinds of Covid results coming out, although as lad will take us through in a minute, it's looking quite good for our club. Uh, what has happened in the last 24 so, hours, lad? you know, nine uh, players got tested with coronavirus, nine, right. maybe, uh, maybe staff in there as well, but good news is zero Leeds players. According to Phil Hay, because yeah, it's unofficial Hay. numbers, yeah. isn't it? And it did look like that a Sheffield Wednesday staff member has. <gasps> Is yeah. it Gary Monk? Has Gary Monk got COVID? Mm, I wonder. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, the, the, as the days passed and as we get nearer and there's no signs of it getting any more delayed, everything that's happened in the last 24 hours kind of points towards the fact that you know this this disease is still absolutely rampant now although it's small numbers compared to the amount of people that's been tested the worries from all the clubs whether you think it's a gender or not there is i'd love to speak and hear from the medical officers at leeds yeah and and over like the the nutritionists like giving us Thai burgers to cook on a weekend but which is ace by the way you should check those out they're really cool but the um I do feel is there an underlying problem here that is really being ignored for the fact of football and I know we've been here before I know we've talked about this is there even with those small covid numbers is there something here where we are going too fast for well, financial reasons. Well, you see, um, like I saw something and it was like, um, oh, clubs are complaining because they've only just signed to do contact training, mm. um, but like, and apparently the EFL said that it was like three weeks or something, right? Like, like before this season was supposed to start, they were supposed to be doing this, mm. and then it's two and a half weeks, right. so. People are complaining about that, and um, and it's no Same surprise for everyone, that it's bottom half clubs, to be honest. Well, I mean, is it a surprise because you know QPR, for example, who have really kicked? I don't up get the, them. Well, they're, they're middle of the table, aren't they? So yeah, they're they're like yeah, they're probably safe from relegation. I don't know about playoffs for them, but like you know, we I mean, we said this yesterday, and it feels like we're repeating ourselves a little bit. Is is it because there is actually a problem? You know, no, like everyone goes, maybe, well, what, what's maybe. what's going on with QPR? Like you go, well, maybe actually QPR have just gone. Although it does look like they are behind, not necessarily in contact training, but just, I mean, but everybody, it feels like from the information we've got coming in, and it might be different, actually, if you support another championship club, you might have a comp- I mean, I haven't really heard much from West Brom. Oh, well, not really. You know, there, and we're probably only hearing from Leeds. And, you know, we were saying yesterday, the whole point of yesterday's podcast was Leeds are playing their cool at this moment in time. They seem to be cooler than everyone. Well, actually, West Brom are as well. And what's yeah. what's the thing that connects those two clubs? Top two. W- top two. So you do wonder if, like, a middle club like QPR is yeah. kicking off. You know, I this, this why, though. No, because they probably have health concerns. That, that's my point. Probably. Is there a genuine... When you're middle, are you just absolutely genuinely concerned about the health side? Whereas... You know, Leeds are playing it very cool. We know we will only ever go up as as champions 
if we play, not PPG. If you get PPG, but we you, still do. You you do, but you end up with the paper. The feel of Kevin Blackwell. Do you know who Kevin Blackwell is? No. Kevin Blackwell was manager of Leeds United. When we went down to the championship, he was in charge of Leeds United. He was an assistant promoted to manager. And yeah. he's gone on and managed other clubs. I think he managed Luton. He was at Sheffield yeah. United for a while. Maybe with Warnock. I think he might be a Warnock right-hand man. I think he might have even done like Cardiff and QPR and stuff yeah. with him. He came out and he actually said, and the opening statement that got the clickbait headline was, I'm the one who got Leeds closest to promotion. He got us to the playoff final at Cardiff because Wembley was being built. Yeah. It was, I think, two seasons after we went down. Might have even been the first season, actually. Yeah. Oh, is but, it where we got spanked by Watford? And we got absolutely spanked by Watford. And it was when there's this famous clip of Leeds. And this was the thing. I can't remember that season being enjoyable by any stretch of the imagination. And we got to the playoff final. And imagine how that would feel now. Oh, yeah. But then it, it was so unenjoyable. And yet, he is the guy who got us the closest. But that final, I'm telling you now, when the fireworks went off at the start, you should have seen all the Leeds players jump out of the skin. But the Watford players stood there going, yeah, we're having this. It's a famous clip. Everyone goes, look, you knew who had won at the start when the fireworks going on because the Leeds lads looked absolutely like they were... Pfft themselves yeah. right well who did we have in that team it was a terrible team ad Freud was a manager and he he'd been at leeds this was a thing he'd been at leeds he was like one of our uh, a great coach in the in the ranks and then you get uh you've got sullivan gary kelly butler gregan eric backer was slim time kill gallon uh richardson miller sean derry Douglas, Lewis and Hulse, Rob Hulse up front. I'm sorry, but like... Bennett and Stone, Steve Stone. I only know like three or two of them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you see Ashley Young played in the Watford side. Yeah. It was, we were, I mean, it was an awful team. It was like kind of a rebuild of, uh, you know, the the team that got relegated. We talked about Eric Backer yesterday. Um, you know, he, he was a great player, and you can see he only came on as a, as a sub in that game. Still in there. Yeah, it's um, Gary Kelly, still there, legend. Yeah. But the the point being is, why I talked about him was he then went on to say, Leeds always, ne- they have never finished a season. He got the closest to getting back to the Which Premiership. Is your fair and point. he says they never finished a season. Well, they have, because we've been promoted from League One. There was that time under Dennis Wise where we absolutely panned everyone, but because of points deduction, we never went up. So he's wrong in that sense. We have finished seasons. Where did Dennis Wise go after that? He went to Newcastle United as director of football, and it was an absolute disaster. Why? It, well, because he, I think you know he was only in the job two minutes, and I've, and I can't remember exactly. I, I was about to blurt out why, but we'd get sued if I was about to say because I think it, what I was about to say might not be perceived as painting the whole situation in the best of light but he didn't last very long up there um so there is an element here of you know Leeds historically haven't got it and kevin blackwell was right but what kevin blackwell it makes kevin blackwell sound really negative he actually was very complimentary of the club and saying it absolutely needs to be in the premiership it is yeah. one of those it, you know it's like a lot of people think but we've got the point being we've got to do it We've got to play it out. Yeah. So my moaning and ranting and revisiting the whole 
element of COVID testing mm-hmm. and is it safe and what QPR said is actually we go in on QPR straight away. You go straight in there. You look at Charlton now, how they're behaving around this, where Bowie's going, well, we're going to play anyway without you people who are saying you're not going to play. And actually, if you look into their cases of, of those three players who say they're not going to play, you could actually build an argument to why they're saying they don't want to play. They've no. got quite a strong one. No, but that Lyle Taylor one's just stupid. No, but you have got, if you look where they are coming from, you could also, this this scenario. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, but they're probably going to have the excuse of like, so they look good for the cameras is just, oh, we're doing it because we're concerned about everyone's well, health. Look, look, maybe they are though. But yeah, but like, I mean, you know, no, honestly, that is more on the table now as a valid question. Why not going into this blindly? It's like when I said then, to you, but then you also were, to like, oh, but, but if we go down, our club might go bust and we might not have a club to play for. But Lee Bowie's yeah. going, we'll play anyway. Yeah, so let's play it. And I think that's that is the, the element here. Let's play it. Let's do what I, the manager tells you. Yeah, well, right. yes, unless you have it, you However, should be playing. There are going to be examples of. Actually, if I play for you and get injured, my career's over. I've got one more contract left in me. And I think that's what, like, one of the players at Charlton said. Yeah, no. He's like 30-year-old. You know, he, he he's older. He's probably only got one more professional contract left. Yeah. And if he stayed there and got injured, that's it, done. So he'd rather get the move and have the... Sorry, not the move. He'd rather get the move to the contract, get a contract to play... Get his career in the bag. The striker already like said but, something like that. But as well. you can no, but you you can understand it. You've got to have empathy for it. And and again, going back to all this, that the fair way is to play. But yeah. do we need to do it now? Is it not something we can do? So it's like you know, you get Harry Kane, you get Harry Kane out of his wages sponsoring all these other clubs. Have we not got a system within all these leagues to help support these teams? Because the financial part is the pressure, right? Okay, that's why everybody wants to play as soon as possible. Yeah. If you were told, no, your financial situation will be fine, all these teams will yeah, we'll wait until it's safe. The, the pressure point is the finance on it. Yeah. So actually, you look at the QPR element and you go, they may have a point. The reason why they're kicking up a stink isn't for club benefit. It's for, is it safe to do this? As yeah, it, but they haven't came out and said but that. As it though, appa- but as it appears, though, as it appears, though, everything's safe for Ellen Road. Yeah. We were COVID testing back in January. Hey, we're ready to go. Yeah, and you know, I, ca- I can just can't, I can't wait to see. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can't wait to see Kevin Augustine coming for Bamford and score a hat trick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm up for it. Don't worry. I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah. I think what we can't do in this moment in time, though, is get dragged into blind faith. Yeah. That it's all okay. Yeah, you know, it's it's. No, I it think was, we do have to be careful. We need to care day, though, for our fellow human beings. At the end of the day, it's the EFL's opinion. If they think it's safe, it's safe, and play the games. But you know, how like, it, clubs can have how their edu- opinions. It's yes. like you know, like if the majority doesn't have their opinions, it's kind of like Parliament. Yeah, okay. Boris Johnson might think, you know, oh, it's good to do this. You're going People, political on the yeah, podcast. I know, wow, yeah, I'm just making guys. A this is a 13 year old. Going political. I this just, is what this world's turned. I'm only to. making a reference. No, it's great. Then, I love like, it. I'm then, love it. And then, like you know, Boris Johnson might want to do something. People disagree, but yeah. hey ho, they, he's got the majority. So then you know, well, d- yeah, you're yeah. just gonna have to deal with we it. Absolutely. Isn't it? Do. So well, yeah, and we do have to deal yeah. with it. 
There's going to be a lot of things we're going to have to deal with under that guy's <laughs> regime. But, yeah, no, you, you are right. But the EFL at the same time, and I think QPR's argument is, are you that educated in the real scenario, the reality of what's going on here? Well, I, I think they've just seen the, what the Premier League's done. And clearly the Premier League thinks Yeah, they're safer. following the master. And probably the Premier League is what has better people running it or something, possibly. <laughs> no, possibly. I'm telling you now. Possi- that I, I is not the case. You heard me mention before Harry Kane, you know, paying for these clubs. Yeah. Like, literally, the PFL, you've got Harry Kane, a striker, paying for... Leighton Orient to survive. Is it? Was it Leighton Orient? He did. It was. So, it was, was someone probably, wasn't it? It was, it was probably a London club. Yeah, it, but that's where he's from. So yeah. cool. That's one player, and yet the Premiership aren't or haven't obviously or outed any kind of support of anyone. But they're more bothered about Liverpool playing a game. Yeah, now, then, look at that. that how yeah, wrong does champ- that even sound? Then the championship match fix our game, but, so we stay in the but, championship. But, well, oh, <laughs> scandalous. That isn't true. That is not true. We will not We will not be held accountable for that. But, but what we can be held accountable for, as it looks now, the Premier League more more focused on flipping Liverpool Football Club, one of the richest clubs in world football, or Man United, if we believe the hype in world football, playing a game rather than Leighton Orient going bust. That's wrong. Fair enough, then. Do you not agree? Well, yeah, obviously, because well, yeah. I'm pretty sure pretty sure a football team like Leighton Orient, who do have that history, mm. like, you know, they're not, not going to... Well, it's not even Leighton Orient, it's Bury. It, you know, it's like, come on. Yeah. This right I mean, now, is it not club, about helping everybody survive rega- in football? Regardless of history, any club shouldn't be going bust. Wow, you know? this is so deep. Yeah, Who would have thought you'd ever get this? We were messing around with our new flipping Wi-Fi router at the start of yesterday's podcast, and we've been talking no about Boris Johnson and all this. Do you know what Do you know what we need right now what? to break the mood? We need a Mervyn. Yeah. Let's get so Mervyn let's, out. Let's get out. Come on, Merv. Hello, this is Emma from LUTV, and I love Merv so much, I decided to sponsor this feature. Love you, Merv. Spin those balls. There we go. Right, rumour has it, Mervyn, that we've got to Thursday thinking, you know, wonder why Mervyn's in such good nick. Rumour has it, ever since the uh, reduction in lockdown was introduced, Mervyn's been sneaking out two Emma Joneses for garden parties. No wonder he's in such good form, eh? Sneaking off out there. Is that true, Mervyn? Eh? Uh, Not got much to say for yourself, have you? Anyway, let's just make sure when we spin these balls, you dish out some good subjects. Mervyn is our resident bingo machine, as you know, sponsored by... Emma Jones from LUTV. There are numbers on those balls. Each number represents a Leeds United subject. Mervyn, what numbers are you giving us today? Let's see straight out again. There's definitely something sus here. 52. And we do have that. 52. Promotion in 89.90. The famous trip down to... Well, you say over to me, though. You've seen the, uh, the documentary... Uh, about about do you want to win 
guess so. But yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, so. you know, come on, it's like Rolly, it's all part of your club's history. I mean, you know, yeah. what, when we say that to you as a thirteen-year-old, what do you what do you take? What what are your thoughts? You just think of Howard Wilkinson, yeah, Strachan, yeah, um, Batty, yeah, 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 you know, you just. Yeah, Vinnie Jones, yeah Vinnie, yeah, Vinnie Jones, of course. Yeah, but you know, I, you know, I don't really, I know, I don't know a lot. I could name a few of the players that are in the squad, but it, again, we talked earlier in the week about Don Revy and the innovation side of his management, and you know, beyond the management of on the field and the club as as general. When Howard Wilkinson came in, there was an innovation there as well. Yeah, Wilkinson got a lot of money in the context of where football was in those days. You know, the Leeds board really went for it. Yeah. And then, you know, like beyond, you know, they were pulling in your Strachans and your Lee Chapmans and everyone like that. So I think what was iconic about that was the transformation of where the club was to where it was going was absolutely reflected on the pitch. Off the pitch, it took a lot longer. At this time, lad, my dad was a big Leeds United fan. Yeah. And I think we mentioned again earlier this week that his dad was a big Leeds United fan. However, I was not allowed to go watch Leeds United at this time. We oh, could cool. watch it on the telly because it, it was it was tough. There was a lot of undesirable activity going on. And, you know, the the promotion of that season, as wonderful as it was, and as wonderful Wasn't as the football born, was, yeah, the Bournemouth game, we tore Bournemouth apart as a group of fans. I say we, I wasn't there. My dad wasn't there, as far as I know, as far as I remember. I'm sure I can remember watching something on TV about it. But, uh, you know, the fallout of that was quite horrendous off the pitch. What, and what, what ended up happening? No, well, I mean, it, it literally, no, it wasn't even fights, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure there was. Essentially, though, it, Leeds fans absolutely terrorised the town of Bournemouth. When uh, when we went down there and and did what we needed to do and had that wonderful moment, it was a red hot day. Beer was flowing. People went down and lived on the beach. Didn't get a hotel. God knows how they all got back. Some probably walked. It was it was some probably got a lift back by the police. It was um, a a real transitional period for Leeds United. A bit like what I I assumed Don Revy would have gone through himself taking this small club at the time of Leeds United and, and, and creating the, the, the Galactico uh, club that he, he did do, he, Howard Wilkinson, he and the board of, of Leeds United at the time, Gordon Strachan and Vinnie Jones, David Batty, all those guys stepped up. And that's not only was it that we got promoted, that that was special, it was a transitional process of the club as itself. Because what happened two seasons later? Win the league. We won the top flight league. And that's why it was so special. That's why it was so amazing, you know? And that's why it's important to watch things like, do you want to win? I think as, as young Leeds United fans, you should look at that because... Essentially, what led to the 90s Leeds United and what we experienced with the O'Leary's and why that regime came in and bought Leeds United, that, yeah. that regime that took us to the European Cup semi-finals, that even happened was because of that promotion. It was 
so influential beyond just the promotional title. It was a really special moment. When why you've got the Leeds United you have today. Yeah. 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 You should be more grateful. Yeah, well, I That's am. what I'm I, trying I, I to am. say. You've been blasé about it. This is right, Go and watch that documentary five times <laughs> in a row, then come back and let's do the next part of the podcast. Hello, this is Emma from LUTV, and I love Merv so much I decided to sponsor this feature. Love you, Merv. I'm only joking. Lad hasn't gone off and done that because we're all far too excited about our next feature. Thank you, Mervin, for that as well. But Homework Lockdown has popped off this week with our top three themes. <laughs> So the top three is we're, we're kind of giving you every day this week a FIFA 20 type player speciality. So things like we've had so far, tackler, clinical finisher. We've now moved on to dribbler. And essentially, Lad goes away and comes up with a top three best speciality category players he yeah. thinks he's ever seen. We put a, a start marker of 2013 to present day players just because we want you know people like Lad to have seen these players because it is all about seeing them. It's not just about hearing about them. It's about we'll actually see. seeing them and and you know experiencing their performances there's nothing better than that you know and, yeah. that, and that's essentially what what gives so much variety to the subject so we've gone from 2013 to present day players top three dribblers lad who did you go for for the top okay. three dribblers so number three it was tight between yeah. two people okay um one of who them, were the two people? Who the, the, two, the two people were Jack Clark and Kemar Roof. Okay. However, I went for Kemar Roof. Ooh. I just felt like, you know. Really? Yeah. He was, right. a, he was a really good dribbler. Was I he? In, in, in some of his goals, it's shown. That, what was that one against Derby where he, like, you know, he, like, he was kind of knocked off balance a bit, but then he managed yeah. to keep the ball. He, went he had good balance, didn't he? Yeah. I, w- I would give you that. I'm not. I'm not you convinced. Put, no, I would put Jack Clark in front of him for dribbling. Maybe, but I thought Kemar Roof. Fair was enough. Good it's your opinion. Yeah. So Kemar Roof number um, three. N- number number one and two was so close. I was like, oh god, what do I do here? Okay. Um, Samu Sai is at number two. Yeah. Because I just thought like it was very close between the other guy, you know. But Samu Sai is. God, when he was on his mm. day, he he would rip teams apart with his dribble. Agreed. You know, and he had good short passing as well. Yeah. So you know, bit of a dribble, drag the defend, drag people out, make space. People just couldn't get the ball yeah. off him, could they? Yeah. And then number one went Pablo Hernandez. Pablo Hernandez. Yeah. Because I mean, it's just amazing. Like that goal against Reading just kind of shows it. You know, where he kind of went in and out of the players and kind of like hit it. It is. It is definitely. Yeah, definitely. I found I found that one. This is probably one of the hardest ones. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think it's one of the hardest ones because there's probably not that many players to choose from. I mean, I'm going to throw some names at you now that'll probably go, what? But, you know, remember A.D. White? Yeah. He was like a left back. No. And, and he never really broke through to the first team, but he was pretty damn good bombing down the left wing. Um, left winger, left back. He was uh, Alioski. I thought you know he can. He's he's okay. He's more. I he's think more, the thing he's more that put of a me burst off, the pace. I think why I went off him was because it, it is more that game for where he'll pass. He'll do a one-two type and dribble. He'll, and then he'll do a yeah. ma- then you just do some massive. Charlie run. Taylor again, another lefty. Uh, he was quite good at that. He was, was maybe quite, a burst. I I, he a was burst a bit more pass. Of a, 
passer. Yeah, yeah. he can like dribble well. Uh, Elad's Juve was very good. Yeah. At, at the old balance, and uh, he was quite strong as well. I threw it. I threw in there when I was looking through this. Union O'Kane, who just like went completely off the radar when it was, it was more when was that red card game, Monk, and then you just never heard yeah, of him again. After yeah, that. went to loot and got injured, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but he was really quite nifty on the ball. He was quite. He's quite a nice dribbler. I put Jack Harrison in there. I've put yeah. Kemar Rufo. I've, I went in there, agreed with you. Leif Davis also looks like a bit of a baller on that front. Um, I've put Ross Barkley in, who it's played three games, games in 2013 and did absolutely diddly squat. So I, I removed him straight away because I thought, even though he is super talented in this field, he yeah. did absolutely nothing like that for us when he was with us. Sam Byron was another one I put in there. Tell you what, Stewie Dallas is quite good. Hey, Tyler Roberts yeah. as well. Yeah. My top three, though, are this. I wonder what you guys got. You've just heard, lads. At number three, Jack Harrison. I guess so. And I'm basing that on the fact that Jack Harrison's last 12 months. Yeah, but I get, I, which, my only problem with Jack Harrison, he's a good dribbler, but he then goes on to do too much time with the ball. Cause not it, this season, get, though. No, not this season. This season He's had his moments this season where it's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And it's like, you know... He'll put it on his right, but for some reason he never wants to use his right. Then he put it back onto his left, try and look for a cross, put but it the, back onto but his listen, right. But that's what he does. He's dribbling. Well, yeah, but like, mean, we're know. not on about crossing. We're on about dribbling here. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not just saying so, that. Like, you know, I think if you you crystallize it as that, he goes above a Kimar roof. Yeah. For me, in second, Pablo Hernandez, for all the reasons you said. Yeah. And in first place, Saez. I mean, I mean he, was just... he was wonderful. And that that was a thing for me. Like, he goes, I think, for consistency yeah. of play, absolutely. He, yeah. he nips Pablo. He just, just gets in ahead of Pablo. I just don't think he had the right attitude. I least. mean, that must have been it. That, yeah. that must have been... I would love to have him here, but... I was you know, gutted, and I don't think we've ever replaced him. Yeah, it's just, you know, because you can't get someone like him to play like, you know... Like, you can't really name me another player which we can get that was like that. Do you remember you know? that lovely little through ball he did for that first Bielsa game against Stoke? Yeah. Yeah, he I was, mean... He was... I think it was Click, wasn't it? Who yeah, ran through and banged was it, was it Was he just homesick, or did he not like Leeds? But look, you know, we don't we don't know. We'll probably never know. I think something that stuck out for me, where you've got a player of such talent, uh, so you think uh, as as a teammate, and you hear this from a lot of footballers. You know, you want to play with the best. Yeah. Because, you know, you know you can play best. So, someone with that skill... But I think he had he that ego and he was, was like... Exa- it was Adam Forshaw, not long after he sold, and he can't know he had to go. Or he might... Apologies, Adam Forshaw, if it wasn't like that. That's how I've taken off. It might not be as specific as that, but essentially he was suggesting, no, him going was the right thing to do. And for me, for a player... To mention that when you when you can see this lad has got super talent, yeah, that that says to me, yeah, that's an attitudinal issue there. Yeah, because you saw you saw him in games, he'd always be like acting like the big person, and then you know, I remember it was in the Newport game where he spat on someone, and you just, uh, I mean, no one saw that, no one saw that. I mean, we, we, it, 
that that I mean, I think something else happened again. Something popped up. It was Port Vale at home in the cup. And funnily enough, we talked about this blogger. Michael Brown was the manager. We won four one. And and, and Michael Brown shouted that there was a similar incident, but yeah. both no one ever saw. There must have been something there because yeah. the, the book came down on I it think, for the Newport I think one. It could have been a great. Could have, God, like, that Newport game was horrific. Oh wasn't yeah, it? it's like you know he was he's a player. He could have been great, but you know I just don't think he had the right attitude with us. I tell you what, though, we're, we're both in agreement. If we 2013's a starting point, yeah. Samu Saiz was the best dribbler. Uh, oh no, you went Pablo. No, I went Pablo, but I mean, you went Pablo. Was, it, it was, was very close. It was literally, I was like, Apology. Oh, I wonder what if anyone else because we also had Mercho Antonucci. He was quite good at that. Antonucci Ross, was good. Ross McCormack was a, a, a good dribbler of the ball. Yeah, but you can't compare. But, it yeah, to no. Saiz and Pablo, different gravy. Uh, let's move on to the next subject then for Thursday. In fact, very close. Very close level to what we've just talked about. I'd be interested to see if it's as tight this time round uh, to dribble him because I think for this particular speciality, a lot of people will put dribbling into it, and that is playmaker. So if you were at FIFA 20, you'd be saying someone with the speciality of playmaker would have a short passing ability of 86 plus a long passing ability of 73 plus and vision of 86 plus give us your top threes and that is thursday done and dusted it's a long week this week no bank holiday to uh, pan it out um hey don't worry about it though we're always here for you every morning keeping us all talking Leeds United for as long as we can during lockdown we may be ticking closer to the end of the podcast series but we're still going to be here tomorrow uh, with homework lockdown we want to know your top threes at lad to Leeds on all the socials lad to Leeds at gmail.com get in touch with us for, for, for Friday tomorrow <laughs>